0: Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. I'm your host, Jeremy Pinch, and we are continuing our book study of Astonished by God by John Piper. We've gone through the first four chapters, and now we've reached the fifth, which is entitled The Gospel of God in Christ, and with me this morning, again, we have Pastor John Schubert. and this chapter was, was really encouraging for me, and I'm sure it was for John as well. Um, but uh, the premise of, of this chapter uh, is God in Christ is the price and the prize of the gospel. And we'll, we'll break that down here in a little bit. But John, I want to start off by um, looking at this first page here uh, where he says, The last thing any of us want is to promote new doctrines exclusive to us. We want to be arm in arm with millions of faithful followers of god's word and then he jumps down to that second paragraph and and he says cults and sects are born in the minds of leaders who crave to be different he says jehovah's witnesses mormons unification church christian science these were born in the minds of teachers who wanted new revelations and interpretations Uh, they were restless with the limitations of the bible and its historic understanding so why is it important, uh, John, that we that we remember church history? Because that's he's referring back to that, but also understanding what the church has taught for two thousand years.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I th- I think I think his his point here is an important one at the beginning of of uh, this chapter. What you started with is. Is this quote from that first paragraph, where he doesn't want to be responsible for promoting new doctrines? Um, and the reason for that is obvious, I think, is because um, we're, our, our ideas about uh, scripture, our ideas about important doctrine, are not unique to us. We're not. We don't have some unique observation. Some here, two thousand years after the books were written. Uh, new testament books and so if he says i think in this chapter that if we come up with something different than what's already been discussed by theologians in the centuries and centuries before us then we need to be wary Mm -hmm. um because it's most likely an error Mm -hmm. to come up with something new here two thousand years after it was written like oh i know what paul meant more than anybody else who's ever read it or studied it or preached it it's not only arrogant but it's I think foolish and um, so as it relates to Sun Valley Church you know I've said this before from the pulpit and I'll say it again here in this podcast and that is I can't remember ever preaching a sermon or saying something in a sermon that is unique to me Hmm. I am a hardcore plagiarist. <laughs> I'm not going to say something up there that's unique to me ever. The truth is the truth is coming out. It's coming out right now. This is confession. <laughs> I I if if I cannot support what I've read or thought about and studied, I'm not gonna say it hmm. Sunday morning. I, I I will I mean I read commentaries um from you know, the past 500 years on every single passage that I preach for this very reason. Hmm. The danger that comes from a unique interpretation. And and he mentions a few of these other cults that um, have done these kind of things that you just read, the Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, Unification Church, Christian Science, and so forth. Those churches and their doctrines are a result of someone coming up with something unique. Um, you know, some of the bizarre beliefs that they have, which they associate with some Bible verse or some section of Scripture, um, then they come up with a complete set of doctrines from which they build their cult or their worldly religion. And people buy it because they. They say, well, it says in this verse or that verse or the other, this, that, and the other. And so um, it sounds on the surface like it's biblical. And of course, everybody, not everybody, but most believe that the Bible has some special purpose and meaning. And so it's easy to deceive people and mislead people. But um, this is, I think, Piper's point. We can't just go off on our own and come up with something new and unique and and run with it and, and take others with us. That's a dangerous place. Yeah. So, yeah, I interviewed uh, Todd
0: Miles a couple months back, and he said, you know, a surefire way to be remembered in church history is by creating a new new heresy <laughs> about yeah, Christ, right. saying something new about Christ.
1: Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be. You know. Having some false doctrine named after you, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pinchism. Remember that guy, yeah. man. Yeah. So yeah, we we threw him out of the church back in two thousand. And you know. <laughs> so yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. But that's just the introduction of this
0: chapter. That is just the introduction. Yeah. So he's the point is of this of this chapter here is is um, if if you're looking at page eighty four, it's that the last the second to last paragraph down. Um, he says, "God in Christ is the prize and the price of the gospel. God in Christ is the price and the prize
1: of the gospel." John, what is he? What's he saying there? He's saying two things: <laughs> that God <laughs> Himself is the price and prize of the gospel. No, he—that is the whole point of the of the chapter. Uh, and for those of you who are interested, uh, Piper has written an entire book on the matter. It's called "God Is the Gospel," mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite Piper books, right behind um, um, his first book on Christian hedonism, "Desiring God." This book, "God Is the Gospel," is, I think, the his second best book. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're interested, you can go out and get that. My my copy is just full of highlights and underlines and bookmarks, and uh, it is just, I think, profound. Yeah. But he he this chapter. Is just kind of a real brief summary of that entire book, yeah. Cliff Notes, really, of the book. God is the Gospel. In fact, I think this whole book reviewing Astonished by God is just really a summary of most of Piper's thoughts throughout right. the years. Right. Um, and this is no different. This is just a summary of his book, "The God Is the Gospel," and in and in that book and in this chapter, he. He tells us what these two things mean: this, the price of the gospel, or God in Christ is the price, and and the price of the gospel. The price is, of course, it costs God everything. Mm-hmm. He came to earth two thousand years ago, at the expense of leaving glory, at the expense of the the fellowship, the triune fellowship in heaven, Father, Son, and Spirit. The Son came to earth. In the form of Jesus Christ, born into the human race, lived the perfect life, and according to the scriptures, died a sacrificial death that was required by God, the spilling of innocent blood, as the Old Testament sacrifices picture, so that our sin could be covered by the innocent, the death of the innocent. The wages of sin is death. Someone's got to die, something has to die, that's innocent, flawless, perfect. Um, for the sin of the people, and in our case, our own sin. And and this is the price of the gospel. It cost God his life. He came to earth, he died, he rose again, but it cost him his life. And so that's the price, and he says this in Romans 5. By the way, this chapter is based on Romans 5. Mm. And he says this in... Uh, verse 8 of chapter 5 but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners Christ died for us that's the price of the gospel that's what it costs to um, forgive sins to reconcile sinners to their creator and so that was the that's scandalous you know Mm -hmm. God's gonna die what you know Revelation talks about that of course all of Paul's epistles talk about that Romans specifically talks about that and then the prize of course the prize is also God a lot of people think the prize of the gospel, the prize of of, um, of what what, we're, what we read of in Scripture, is heaven, for example. Mm-hmm. But uh, or you know, even even less biblical and and more pro you know prolific here in our day and age is that they think the prize is a better marriage. A better job, better circumstances in which we live. Hey, hey! If you come to Jesus, right. you'll get a raise. If right. you come to Jesus, you'll have a better marriage. If you come to Jesus, you know, etc., etc. Yeah. So that's that's uh, not the prize. Heaven, in fact, is not the prize of the gospel yeah. or of our faith. Yeah. Uh, Piper argues, and I think rightly, that the prize of the gospel is God Himself. Mm-hmm. Um Peter said this in 1 Peter 3:18. He goes Christ suffered and died so that he might bring you to God. Hmm. Not to heaven. You know, we think, oh man, I can't wait for heaven. <laughs> can't? I mean, and that's good. That's yeah. a good thought. Right. But <laughs> why do you want to go to heaven if you you could be uh seriously mistaken about heaven?
0: Yeah. If
1: you think heaven's just about you relaxing under a tree, you know, you know, sipping on your iced tea, or maybe golfing on the links with golden clubs or whatever yeah. your perception of heaven is yeah. then you're gravely mistaken. Yeah.
0: And I think Piper I think Piper asked that question in God of the God is the Gospel.
1: He does. He goes he goes if Christ is
0: not in heaven would you still want to be there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's he, a, that's he a says, very he says question. if you're interested in heaven just to have, you know, under a shady tree and lay around the rest of your eternity. He goes, you're not going to be there. He goes, heaven is about the presence of God. And so, back to your question, Jeremy, what is the price and prize of the gospel? The price is God's life. The prize is God Mm -hmm. being in communion with our creator. And that's the only thing that makes heaven work, by the way. I've read a few books lately about the potential unsustainable boredom of heaven if all it is is our present existence forever yeah even if it's a good one like you know relaxation and golf and after about two million years of golf you're gonna tire of it (laughs) you know or two million years of iced tea under a tree what then yeah will you will go insane in heaven if that's all it is yeah and so there must be something more, and thankfully there is. It's and what's more is God Himself. Yeah. Yeah. God is eternal. God is infinite. God is perfect, and He will un uh, unwrap, if you will, or reveal bit by bit His perfections to us throughout eternity. We will never be bored. Yeah. We will always be enthralled with God, not with His gifts, not with you know some some joy that's derived. From things that he makes, but we're going to be sustained, exalted by yeah. God Himself. Joy in God, pleasure in God. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. We read of in Psalm sixteen. Yeah. So yeah, that's God is the prize Himself. Yeah. yeah. And I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. You know, I I think this is kind of a an important um what's the word an important discovery for every Christian that it's not heaven is not about just me being lazy enjoying nothing and or enjoying all this stuff it's about being exposed to my creator face to face with the God of the universe forever enjoying his presence discovering more and more about his goodness as eons elapse into eons mm. um, this is what Draws us heavenward.
0: Yeah, i I think it should it should transform how we how we view Scripture now. Like
1: sure. um, Well, that's available now, by the way. Yeah, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Well,
0: and I'm saying and I'm saying too, like when we come to God through His Word, it's not it's not a like we do this so we can check it off. We're we're actually doing this so that we can gain a deeper understanding of who He is. Because yes. that's the price. That's, <laughs> you know, that is. That's the price. Is yes. To understand and and, and my him. point,
1: where I thought you were going was, the God in heaven that awaits us is here with us now. Yeah. We have a relationship with him. We have access to the Father now through Christ. We have his mind, the mind of Christ right here recorded in the book. Yeah. We actually can begin eternity right now. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, that's what Jesus says about eternal life. It's present. It yeah. begins now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just I just read an interesting book um, called Redistru- Rediscovering the Real Lost Gospel, and his his point in this book was that if if the gospel just stops at um, the cross and the resurrection, and it doesn't lead us to a relationship with Christ, there's a danger there. There's sure, a, there's a danger if it just if it stops there because we can just say, well, yeah, Jesus died for my sins and. If I have no relationship with Christ, what does that mean? I can just continue doing what I want, right? Um, and so there is this—the price, which is Piper's point—the price is Christ giving His life for His uh, church, and then the prize is the church gets to rejoice and be in fellowship with Christ,
1: yeah. with God through Christ, yeah. um, which is amazing. It, it really is. It's it's a it's a wonderful in fact that's what piper says he says this is actually the good news yeah. the good news that god actually saves us to something substantial yeah. and infinite yeah. he doesn't save us to these temporary temporal things that you get tired of yeah. in a few years you know he'll he saves us to something that never tires yeah. never wears out yeah. we'll always have something yeah the challenging part you know of course is before we are actually in the presence of god we have Significant limitations. You know, we have um, these bodies that that require some kind of, you know, stimulus to help us understand things or experience things or enjoy things. Mm-hmm. Once we once we, you know, get rid of these sinful bodies that are restricting, and we receive a new heavenly body which will be, you know, able to take in all of the glory of God, um, as God allows. Um, so until then we've got to, we've got to really struggle through our earthly physical limitations, and that is challenging. I think we need to acknowledge that you know we've got distractions, we've got fatigue, we've got you know aches and pains we've got all these things that keep us from really fellowshipping with God at the level that we will one day fellowship with him, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, we still have God, and we need to work towards that and um prepare ourselves for that one great day when we see him face to face yeah Yeah. Yeah. so uh piper goes to
0: he he looks at the five solas um and we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna skip this section um because it's pretty pretty straightforward reading um but he goes to 1 Corinthians 15. So he looked at uh, Romans 5, and now he's looking at 1 Corinthians 15 to prove that Christ is the price and the prize of the gospel. And uh, I'm just going to read these verses for you, and then we'll break it down. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, it says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance what i also received that christ died for our sin died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and uh piper then gives a list of six elements of the gospel um in this in this passage um he says that the gospel is a divine plan the gospel is a historical event the gospel is the divine achievements accomplished through that event. The gospel is a free offer of Christ for faith. Um, the gospel is an application to individual believers of what God objectively achieved in the death of Jesus. And finally, the gospel is the enjoyment of fellowship with God Himself. Um, so, John, let's let's walk through these if we can. Um, what are some things that stood out to you, or what what are some things that you think would be encouragement to to Sun Valley?
1: Well, I, I think that this whole section is is encouraging. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to just read it to our people because it's so encouraging. But we don't have time to do that, so let's just highlight some of the things. Beginning with the gospel is a divine plan. It's not like it's not like the gospel. You know, um, is Plan B. It's not like okay. That Adam and Eve thing in the garden and innocence didn't work all that well. You know, something went sideways. What are we going to do now? Well, let's let's maybe I don't know. Let's let's have them. We got to kill animals for a few thousand years, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll accept that. I guess as payment for their sin. And I, I don't know what we're going to do. The after five, six thousand years of that, you know what? This is this isn't working. They're still. Well, let's let's. I know, one of us is going to have to go down to Earth. One of those triune. God is going to have to go down to earth. Okay, Jesus, you lost, you got the short straw, you're going. (laughs) Um, No, it's not, that's not how it is. It's a divine plan from the beginning, before time began. Paul makes point of this in Ephesians chapter 1. Before the foundation of the earth, God chose us in Christ. Mm -hmm. So this was plan A. There's only one plan, and God always accomplishes his plans. His purposes never fail, Mm -hmm. including the gospel plan Mm -hmm. and saving his people. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. It's always been God's plans. He's, he's recorded it in Scripture starting in Genesis. Genesis 3.15 is the first announcement of the Gospel. As soon as they sinned, God said, this is how, this is yeah. what we're going to do about this. I'm going to send a Savior who will take care of your sins. Yeah. And to me, that's really encouraging that we have a God who's in control of these things and not responding or reacting to, to human Failure And like, oh, no, we're going to wring my hands now. I don't know what to do. No, that's not our God. Our God is in complete control, has complete knowledge of all things, and has planned the details. And then, of course, the historical event of Christ dying. The gospel is a divine plan, and part of that divine plan is that God will die. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Christ came, lived perfect life, and died. Yeah. So um, it's not a myth, it's reality. There's people who saw Jesus, it's historical record. You know, that it's not just historical record in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's actually historical record elsewhere yeah. that is non-religious material. Um, Josephus, for example, the first century Jewish historian, records the life of Christ. And mm. Josephus was not a believer. He, among others. So, Jesus is a real person who actually died, and there is substantial support um, for all of these things, yeah. including his resurrection. So, these things are all part of the gospel and important to us today. Um, then, the gospel is the divine achievement. So, why did Christ die? What happened there? Well, the Old Testament explains why Christ died. Paul explains why Christ died. Um, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God in Christ is eternal life. Mm -hmm. And so Christ had to come. Christ was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament types, you know, in the animal sacrifices, all those things. Those were not random, haphazard, weird religious practices from an ancient, ignorant people. Those things were laid out by God to the people of God for the purpose of demonstrating what was to come. Christ himself, the God of heaven, the perfect Lamb of God, which is why John the Baptist introduced him Hmm. to the people for the first time. Behold, look at this guy on the side of the hill. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin Hmm. of the world. This is the one we've been waiting for. He's the one who is the fulfillment of all these Old Testament pictures that we've been practicing for the centuries that we have. Yeah. It's 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 accomplished in Christ. Yeah. That's why Jesus could say on the cross it is finished. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the God, we're going through the Gospel of John with the students and it is just like one point after the other, it's just like God oh, yeah. revealing himself mm-hmm. and just the Passover taking place and Christ going to the cross as the Passover lamb. And oh, yeah. it, it is it's really yeah. it's really fun to read and yeah. just see how Christ
1: is fulfilling that for us. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you who are new to Sun Valley, we as a church went through the Gospel of John yeah. uh, in a sermon series that I think is available online, isn't it, Jeremy? I, don't uh, know. I have to check on that. Yeah, but I think we've we're working on. If it's not online available, it it will be eventually. Yeah. But yeah, that that is a an awesome book. <laughs> yeah. We have studied some great books at Sun Valley. You know, I think we started. Uh really started with first, Thessalon- first Thessalonians back when we first began, and then went to Romans, and then to John, and then to Genesis, and then to Hebrews, and then Psalm 119, and James, and now back to Psalm 119. We've covered some awesome ground, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's been such an encouragement to our yeah. souls. Yeah. yeah, it's been good. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, we're we're continuing back um, with Piper in First Corinthians fifteen. We've covered God. The gospel is a divine plan. The gospel is a historical event. Jesus actually was born and died. Gospel is is achieved in Christ's death in that event of Christ's death. And then the gospel is a free offer of Christ for faith. Mm-hmm. So, for by grace you've been saved through faith. We come to Christ. We 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 access this gift. This amazing plan in the gospel by faith it's not something you work for it's something yeah. that you simply exercise by faith and that faith is a gift of God Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 it's, yeah. it's something that is granted to us by God so that we can see the reality of the work of God in Christ Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the gospel is application to individual believers God actually regenerates us through the holy spirit he he has his people and he he takes that person gives them a new heart regenerates their their mind their heart their soul and then the gospel becomes attractive to these people these people respond in faith they exercise faith given to them by the holy spirit they respond in faith be believe the gospel are forgiven of sin Regen- they're first regenerated, which causes them to accept the gospel and, and confess their sins and be converted. And so this is a a divine accomplishment. It's an application to the individual believer that's achieved in the gospel. And then of course it ends with the gospel is the enjoyment of fellowship with God. Hmm. Um and we just we've been talking about that yeah. the whole time. God is the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this chapter is
0: was really good, and as as you said, John was a, a summary of of his book, God is the Gospel. And if you haven't read that book, friends, we would we'd encourage you to pick that up. Or if you just want to read a summary of everything that Piper has studied for <laughs> decades, um, pick up this copy of Astonished by God. And for those who have been going through this book, we hope that you've been encouraged um, through this chapter. Um, and The chapters before this and and the chapters that will follow. Um, It's been encouraging to us and uh, we look forward to next week as we talk about um, the call for missions um, to go out into the world. Um, Church, we love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day.